Welcome back, I'm David and this is Minus 16. On this episode, I have another creator to introduce you to. It is Mark Ellis of the hugely successful YouTube channel, Mark Ellis Reviews. We're gonna to talk to Mark about his inspiration behind setting the channel up in the first place, what his future plans are for the business and the brand, and also how he's faring through the busy month of Techtober. So I think it's about time we meet Mark. So when I say I'm with Mark Ellis, I'm actually with Mark Ellis, we're not doing this on video. We actually decided to come out both of our comfort zones and sit person to person. It's really weird, isn't it? It is very strange because I first, well, we'll come across that later on, but I've known you for a time yet, and this is the first time I'm actually meeting. So, so yes, we're sitting together in Mark's studio. We'll be very familiar with the backdrop and the setup that we're in. But yes, we're going to sit and talk to Mark and find out more about Mark. So we're going to take him away from just doing what you see him do week in, week out here on YouTube as a job. And we're going to talk about Mark and what got you to this this point. And before we get going, I'm sure everyone's wanting to go to know about the eyes. How are the eyes? What's the latest on the health? Such a boring story, isn't it? Um, well, yeah. no, because the thing is, we sure we know you. I, I must so, say, yeah. I mean, even that's strange. I mean, that, that alone is weird. I'm sure we'll come on to that. But um, yeah, so the eye, uh, for anyone that, that doesn't know, hopefully there's lots of people that don't know. Um, I had a, a, an infection basically in my, in my left eye. And it's it was quite scary, you know. It was a case of I woke up one day and couldn't really see properly out of this eye. Mm. It, was, it was blurry, um, and I guess at that point you're thinking, yeah, well, it'll go, it will clear. It was that classic thing. We wake up, you, you feel like you're still half asleep, um, but wiping it didn't get rid of it, and um, so ended up at the doctors, ended up at the hospital eventually uh, with a cannula and uh, having the pressure taken down. And it, again, to get a very long story short, it's down to a parasitic virus that has somehow crept into the back of my head. And that sounds awful. Horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> things creeping around inside your body. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's lots of people going through much worse things in life. And um, thankfully, it's not life-threatening. It, it isn't really sight-threatening either. So your sight's um, recovering? It's getting better, yeah. Yeah, I can see fine. I can see absolutely fine. Um, it's just this like, little cloudiness still, which is what the inflammation is, basically. And I'm taking all these medicines and eye drops and things to get a shot of it. And uh, apparently, it's working well. So. Uh, yeah, that's good. It. We're, we're, we're fine. So you're healthy. Yeah, and the most important thing is it's not stopped me doing anything. So no, I, no, I feel no, you don't miss the beat. You don't feel very lucky. Yeah. So let's wind it back a little bit. I first got to know you through this Mark Ellis Reviews brand. And as you know, I reached out to you a while ago, but um, there, there was obviously a mark before that. So as tech and gadgets and gear, as a kid, was that something that you were interested in? Did you find yourselves always wanting to play with the latest toy and get to grips Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Lego, Meccano. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, both of those, yeah. Um, I've always been a nerd, yeah. I've always been a bit of a, bit of a geek, really, with that sort of stuff. And um, particularly with, when it comes to things like computers, I used to build computers as a, in between playing football and stuff. Uh, I kind of swung between being a fairly normal kid and doing nerdy <laughs> things. And um, But yeah, I, I, I certainly had a, I've always had this kind of interest in in technology um, in music as well. There's a big crossover there. I spent most of my kind of youth and into my teens uh, working with my dad with with his band and um, from a, like a technical I perspective. I thought he was a musician. Yeah, 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 yeah he is. And um, uh, so we spent together a lot of time doing that. He's got a, a lot of interest in tech as well. So again, you know, your parents always kind of mm -hmm. influence you that sort of thing. So I've always had this interest in gadgets and things and. Um, yeah, it's. I wouldn't. I didn't think it would ever lead to what I'm doing now, but that has always been. So I think I'm right in saying that you, like me, were never. You didn't do the whole A level thing, did you? I did A levels, but not college, didn't do university. university. Yeah, I, I skipped <clears> university. <throat> thought about it really, really hard, and um, I'm sure my mum would love would have loved me to go, but she was as always very supportive with that and, and uh, understood why I didn't. Um, but no, I, I kind of skipped university and went straight. So what did, when you came out of 
A levels in. What did you go in? What was your start of your working career? The start of my working career was at a place called uh, Barclays National Record Services, which no one will ever have heard of. But it's, <laughs> Me neither. And I'm no, not a bit blighty. Probably you haven't heard of it really. But it, it shows my age really. But this is where it's a huge warehouse where. Uh, Barclays send all the used checks. As in Barclays, the bank. The bank. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, And all these used checks go into this massive, huge, massive um, building uh, in these boxes. And my job was part of this team that had to basically sat there. A fax would come through requesting a specific check. Wouldn't tell you why. It's normally for fraud and stuff like that. And you'd have to go and find this check amongst all these things. And th these pickers, these guys would go and bring these pallets of boxes. You'd, uh, it, yeah, that, that was my first experience of real work, mm -hmm. um, which I think is very, very important. And we'll probably come on to why that's important. But yeah, that was my very first thing. So I went from education where I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. So you didn't leave school with a plan as such. I mean, none of us do, but I think we might have an idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted, firstly, I wanted to do journalism. So right, that's the, the one thing yeah. I really want, because I've, I've written my whole life. I enjoy writing. Um, what put me off that was that I did a uh, work experience placement when I was about 13 or 14 or something at a local newspaper in Northampton, which is where I'm from, mm -hmm. and uh, sat down with all these guys, all these uh, journalists and uh, spoke to them. And the only thing I can remember from that first meeting with them is one guy saying, don't come into this industry. He said, you, the pay is utterly horrible. <laughs> I, I was based, I'd based this kid who'd come into this room and sat among these jaded, mm, sage, <laughs> wizened, exactly, yeah. fed up with life and fed up with their job. And I just sat there and thought, Okay, maybe it's not the thing for me. And that completely put me off, actually. Is um, that obviously been where your initial focus was? You thought that was going to be your life, potentially. Yeah, and this guy just seemed to be saying it's not worth it. It's just, it's just you know, you, you won't make any money and it's a waste of time. Um, so, but, but that always was at the back of my head in terms of doing that sort of thing. And then there was the tech side of things. So that could have inevitably led me down the route eventually of going into tech support, which is where I kind of started my bigger career journey, really. Was that working for one of the big companies as tech support? No, no, it was just a small little um, software company um, near where I, where I lived. Um, they made software for hotels, um, but I ended up staying there. So I, I started working there when I was 20, 20 21, um, and stayed there for 16 years. And I started off, like I say, on the support desk and ended up in the boardroom. So I had that kind of journey of boy to man, for one mm -hmm, phrase, mm -hmm. um, where I kind of went from being that fresh you know, what what is, yeah. thing to someone who was actually running the business at the same time. And um, yeah, that's that that was the bigger, the biggest part of my, I suppose, uh, life working journey. And was there a part of that journey when you were working there that you knew that that wasn't going to be it, you weren't going to be a lifer there, that there was always another ambition burning either to work for yourself or to branch out into a, a large yeah. field? Yeah, I think so. I think I've always, I mean, my dad said to me a little recently, he said, he, he, said, he, said, he said this a little while ago, he said that I've always, I've always thought you're going to do something on your own. I can always, I can always see you just doing something mm. by yourself. Mm. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't consciously thinking that, but when I look back with hindsight, I probably was sitting there. You know, while I was doing the work for that business, I was really wanting to do something else. Didn't really know what it was, but um, I wanted to do some something on my own. Um, and I did. I mean, I eventually left in 2015, I think it was, and started my own little marketing company, which was... So that was the company that led you on to this? That was the interim then? In pretty between. much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, calling it a company is a bit grand. It was just, it was more freelancing stuff in mm -hmm. terms of external marketing support and writing and videography eventually and, all that, and that sort of and podcast production. Um, oh, and, so that's part of what you were doing? Yeah, I just kind of built it all in. I, 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 left, I left that business and started... Uh, this, this thing that I started was primarily to begin with copywriting. I thought... 
wouldn't it be great to just write for a living? Going back to that the idea, that's hard. Exactly, um, but do it for company. You know, do it for businesses. Do um, you know, write business blogs, write copy for websites. And what and anyone who's listening or watching this, who's in that and, and has either done that or is still doing it, will know that it's damn hard work. And it's no, it's not the the kind of romantic idea of waking up, going to the coffee shop, and writing. When you're writing business based copy, it's Basically, I just found it wasn't it wasn't for me. It's actually. factual, isn't it? Very factual. So no. you can't be creative more no. than just report on it. Basically, no. no, it's not like newspaper or well, not newspaper. It's not like magazine style mm. column writing. Mm. It's you're writing sales copy, which is a, a massive skill, you know, which I didn't really have to be fair. Um, so I kind of bumbled along with that, and then gradually started building in other things like. Uh, more marketing relating st stuff because I, I I was the marketing director at that company so I, I had a good amount of experience with that so I built in this kind of marketing consultancy part of it and then built in videography a bit of photography self taught stuff. again everything self taught I've never been trained in anything really mm -hmm. I've not I said this to someone the other day I've never I've taken one course I think in sales which was um, like an utter waste of time everything else I've done is I've been through learning making mistakes basically. If you've got the right kind of character, that does tend to be the best way, doesn't it? I mean, yes, there's that old adage that I'm sure our mums have all told us that you learn by mistakes. A, that is true. But equally, if you've got that inquisitive nature that you just want to be better at what you're doing, self-talk is, is so... And, and now there are so many tools to be able to teach yourself as well. All the information is there at our fingertips. I think so. If you scratch the surface, you know. 100%, yeah. So then when did you begin to get the itch that there was something else inside of you, that you, you were clearly a YouTube watcher? <laughs> Okay, actually, before we get on to YouTube, you, you, I know you as a writer mm -hmm. on Medium, you're a blogger and a, a YouTube creator. Which came first? Were you already writing before you started the YouTube channel? Um, yeah, I've written fairly consistently my whole life. So, I mean, there's the period, there was a period where I wasn't writing much at all when I was working at that business. Um, but when I came out of that, even though I was doing stuff for, for my clients, I was still keeping things on the on the side that I was doing. So I was writing about Apple occasionally. I had another blog, which thankfully isn't there anymore, but um, a, a blog, which I think I called it the spinning beach ball with the reference. Yeah, yeah, obviously, thing. yeah. Um, and I'd occasionally post to that little, little things about events that had happened and stuff, or perhaps a little mini review of something that I'd bought from Apple. Um, so I, that was kind of burning away. I had a personal blog that I kind of maintained quite a bit as well. And that was a really nice way to just express myself and I mean no one was really reading it apart from no. my mum but um, it was just a nice way to express myself and it, it was enjoyable to hit the publish button and all that sort of stuff. So writing definitely came first um, I think because I built videography into my business that my skills in that area were, were developing quite quickly mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of came to a head I suppose but yeah writing is I'm 100% I'm a writer before a YouTuber and I still am really. Which it actually makes sense I mean if there's somebody watching this thinking about wetting their feet in a YouTube area. I think learning the skill of scripting, writing, there's a there's a fine line between them. Definitely, definitely helps. Because if you can express yourself in word, that will begin to come through oh, on YouTube, video. YouTube. And particularly if you're inexperienced in front of a camera. Yeah. If you've got the skill of a written word in front of you, it really does help, doesn't it? Oh, massively. Yeah. So, so now I was one of those ones that picked up on you fairly early on. And I've, I've watched your early, 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 probably your first videos. You're an OG. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I sorry am. about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I go all the way back. And I remember that one you did almost vlog style, walking in a park. It was in lockdown. I think one of our allotted yeah. one walks a day. Yes. Yeah. I kind of remember memories. that time. Yeah. So when you started the channel then, I know, but it'd be interesting to hear your view on it. It was very different from what it is now, what you had in mind. It was almost a time management and a business skills kind of 
feel or ethos behind it then. So when you decided, that, right, I'm going to try this idea of YouTube, mm. when did the idea resonate and what was it that gave you the final poke to think, yep, yeah, I'm going to do this, this is the day? Uh, in terms of starting it from the whole thing? Literally, I think from, from zero would be really yeah. interesting because we're kind of used to where you are now. <laughs> and it's, it's always good when you get to talk to creators and we're very used to looking at the, the polished not finished articles, incorrect. You know what I mean? Looking at the, the, the person that we're used to seeing each week. But I encourage you, go and look at Mark's early videos because they're brilliant because it gives you the journey of where he was and to where you've come. Yeah, none of us, no, 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 none of us like looking, <laughs> but it's- I'm not taking them down. the state. journey part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. So when did you decide that YouTube was something you had, you were learning the videography skills, photography skills, all of which come into play, of course, mm. writing what you're doing. And you thought, I don't know what, YouTube could be the thing for me. I mean, I think, I'd, you mentioned earlier that I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of YouTube. Mm. So I, I watch YouTube constantly. I, I think I watch it more than other normal TV. Mm, really. uh, yeah, I think a lot of us are the same in, in, in this industry. And I think, um, so I've been doing that for two or three years beforehand quite intensively and watching all the usual suspects, you know, the, the, the Peter McKinnon's, the absolutely- Yeah, our view list would be very, very simple. Probably, exactly, probably yeah. identical, yeah. yeah. Absolutely addicted to Casey Neistat uh, and several others as well. And um, and I'm not the sort of person that will sit there and take notes, but I do watch things fairly analytically to the point that really annoys mm -hmm. my girlfriend because mm -hmm. I talk about, you know, filming techniques and stuff, lighting and, lighting and mm -hmm. rack focusing and stuff. Um, <laughs> Surprised she's still with me, really. But um, but I, I watch I watch YouTubers analytically, so I enjoy what they're doing. I, I'm genuinely interested in what they're talking about. But I'm very interested in the way that they build their their story, the way they film it, and all all that stuff. So I've been doing that for quite a few years anyway. And it literally got to, to March 2020 when everything went crazy. Um, and it was honestly a case of me sitting in the garden with, with um, my girlfriend, Jen, and I turned to her and said, I'm just going to crack on with this YouTube channel. Let's just get started with it. Um, and that was it, really. That was the moment when I just, I just started it. So had your work outside of this come to a stop with, with the COVID and, and was, did it affect that business much? Was that the time? Tiny bit. I mean, I lost a couple of clients, which was a real shame, obviously, but I was quite lucky, really. It, it, I, I was able to continue. My main, my two or three main contracts were, were, remained. Um, the work could carry on, which was fine. It was always working work. alone anyway, so yeah, you weren't. Sat there with the laptop, yeah. straightforward. But, um, so I was quite lucky with that. I, I, I kind of recognised that. Um, so, but, but we did have a bit more time, like everyone did. Mm. I just thought, if I'm going to do anything with this, I might as well just give it a crack now. And I think also, I was feeling particularly inspired by watching other people at that point. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's kind of that gave me the kick to crack on. With it. It's interesting you should bring that up, actually, watching people at that point. I think looking back now, we've lived through a very weird time recently that we can all look back on now as our lives progress and, and, and reflect on how we dealt with it. But the, certainly with podcasts, and it, it was the same with YouTube, letting somebody into your life at that point was crucial. Because when you might be in an isolation, you might be living alone, mm -hmm. and just the, the, somebody coming into your feed regularly was hugely important, wasn't it? Seeing what yeah. their life was up to, seeing what other people were doing. Yeah, huge, yeah. And it, it created a real boom for YouTube, you know? oh. particularly tech YouTube and, and mm -hmm. certain other uh, niches. It, it just exploded. And mm -hmm. I didn't really experience that because I started my channel during it. But I know from speaking to other people who had been running their channels for years, they saw this massive spike mm -hmm. in, in 2020 because of what happened with the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, it was nice to have feel a connection with someone as well. So that day in the garden and talking to Jen, uh, you decided, right, this is the day. The, the, the plan behind the channel, because I know it's very different to where it is now. It's morphed into where, it, where we're currently sitting, which we'll cover that journey a little bit later on. But the idea of the initial thoughts behind the channel was? 
So initially, because I was a freelancer myself, I was thinking, okay, I've, I've got experience with this. There's loads of people who have lost their jobs or, or who are thinking, I'm going to be working from home now for the foreseeable future. I might want to start my own freelance business. I can probably help these people. There, there must be some kind of audience there that I can tap into and, mm -hmm. and help out. So, um, yeah, the initial, like you said, the initial plan for the channel was completely different. It was a case of productivity advice, working from home, mm -hmm. um, and just sprinkling in some tech stuff. For some, you that know, might be useful if you're working at home. Exactly. That was the plan. Uh, and I, I started it with that, and uh, it, it didn't last very long, basically. So it was a classic, going back to my thing, that, that what I mentioned earlier about the writing thing, the copywriting thing, I had this romantic idea of doing these videos. And when I started talking about productivity and it just wasn't really for me. I didn't mm. find it quite as exciting. Mm. And then I did a headphone review, which was the uh, Sony X3s Sony? or four, whatever. Um, and yes, Sony, yeah. Mark Sony Ellis. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. Um, but yes, I, I did that review, and it was pretty much that that and the review of the original 16-inch MacBook Pro mm -hmm. were the two tech reviews I did at that time, which actually for me took off in terms of views. Mm -hmm. um, and when that happened, I just thought, like, I. Before that, I was just thinking, there's no way I can break into a tech niche where it's just so saturated. Everyone's doing it. You've got the, mm. the big guys doing it, and you've got clearly lots of other smaller channels. What's the point of even trying? Mm. Um, but those two videos kind of proved that if you get you get something right, no, no idea what it is, you can break in and you, mm. you can make yourself heard and, and bring in that audience. That'd be probably a good point to bring up as well, because there could well be people watching this that are thinking still of starting a channel. And everyone says the best thing to do is just start it. The worst thing you can do is fall on the face. Yep. The best thing you can do is have a lot of fun doing it. Is it costly setting a, a channel up from get-go? If, if you had somebody sitting here now saying, Mark, I'm thinking this week I want to do it. Is it, does it need to be a costly setup? No, not at all. No, no. I think um, you've only got to look at the likes of TikTok and um, Instagram for, to see this, that people who are successful on that are just using their phones. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there with their phone. They don't, they don't know anything about videography. They don't know anything about sound, but they've got a device, which we, we were talking about before we mm -hmm. started recording, that these devices are so good. You don't have to worry about sound levels or ISO, your aperture. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You just press a button and it looks great. Um, so if you've got a phone, which most people have, you've got everything you need. I know we spoke about this right at the start of your journey. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Um, mm. You don't need anything else, and uh, people people can get lost in gear, and if you if you go with the gear for first approach, it will be expensive. Um, but you, and if, that, if that's what you want to do, great, no problem at all. Um, I'd do that because I'm a I'm a geek with this stuff. I want to use this stuff, but it doesn't have to be expensive. At all. Also, it can it can be detrimental because if you're trying to get used to new gear and sitting in front of a camera. Mm. There's a lot to think about. Oh yeah, there yeah. is a there is a ton to think about. Take yeah. my word for that. You need to be familiar with what's around you because it's hard enough speaking into that thing. Oh, it is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And it never gets any easier. It never, it no. never gets any less weird looking at that lens and, and talking to it. It's all it's always a weird thing. Yeah. It was funny. I think it was earlier this week. I was sitting at home talking to my other half, and, and she was saying, "Look at that guy. He loves looking at himself." I said, "I can't really <laughs> call." That as a weird thing to be doing. I spend when I'm not listening to myself, I'm looking at myself. So you know, we're narcissists, basically. Aren't we? <laughs> so after the the two videos that took off, then the Sony and the MacBook, is that the pivotal moment? When you thought, okay, it looks like people seem to enjoy me talking about tech. Yeah, I just I just doubled yeah. down on it. I just went for it basically. Um, I've always been a great believer. If if something works, there's a reason it worked, and even if you don't know what that reason is that you can replicate it, mm. you can work out what it is. As long as you turn up, you put a process behind it and you're consistent, just double down on it. Um, well, it's either going to work or it's not going to work, but it's going to go one of those two ways. Did you have enough gear around you to start reviewing then? Because that must have been 
that's where it could get costly trying to find yeah. things to talk about yeah um, I had a few uh, some stuff I mean I had the headphones I didn't have as many headphones as, as, as I've got now obviously but I had those I had um, I had a couple of Macs that I could talk about um, but I know from my experience creating content for other reasons for other businesses and stuff you know the, the number of blogs for instance I've written uh, for I've, I've written thousands of, of pieces for, for, for stuff for, for businesses and for, for my own um, things um, I know that repurposing content and repurposing a subject comes very naturally to me. Mm. So if I need to make a, a review about that pair of headphones there, I can do four or five videos about it. And I, I'm confident enough in my, my ability to do that, to make those four or five different videos different, if that makes sense. So you just have to get creative with what, with what you've got if you haven't got the budget to bring in lots of expensive uh, units. And so did you see the, the growth of the channels fairly consistent from, you had these couple of videos you said that did well after you suddenly found, okay, it wasn't productivity, it was going to be more the tech and gadget side. Did you see that the, the views and the growth of the channel was fairly consistent? Did that give you some encouragement that I'm onto something here? Yeah, I, th I think it only really got consistent. And this is completely serendipitous, to totally uh, total luck. You know, I didn't plan this at all, obviously, but when, after I'd started, that's Alexa getting involved, <laughs> um, after I'd started, um, Apple introduced their their own silicon, the M chips. Mm. In, when was that? That was uh, October 2020. Yeah. yeah, so literally as I'd started making the videos properly, that they did that, which was just amazing timing. And again, I latched onto that trend. So I started making videos about the M1 MacBook Air, then moved on to the Mac Mini, bought both of them, so I had them. So fairly small investments in the scheme of things. Yeah. Not only expensive, but exactly. not bank-breaking. You could buy them and get a lot of content a mileage out. You got it in one. And because I'd, I'd set this up as a business, I, I was running the channel through my existing limited company. So that I was, again, I, I had a head start with mm. that anyway, really. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I started to see the trend in views increasing. Um, I, I just noticed that the more videos I did on this on a similar topic, because Apple had created such a big, uh, such a huge um, news thing around this, this new uh, chip release. And because it also raised loads of questions from from consumers. That's what happened really. They they, they 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 completely changed the game with their Macs, but everyone was confused. Didn't know how to go about using them, exactly. what the difference was going to be. What to buy, you know, the, the pricing was different, the terminology was different. Um, there was talk about, you know, you, you don't need as much RAM as you needed, memory as you needed before. Um, there's a lot of confusion out there. And I benefited from that hugely because people started queuing up to, to watch these videos. Because they were looking for content to help them understand what Apple yeah. had created. I'd never thought of that yeah. purpose. So some of it was, some of it was right place, right time, would you feel? 100%, or, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if that's understanding yourself then, because obviously you are very good in front of the camera. It gets back to that lockdown point, which is when I found, I think I first found you probably about six months after you started. Um, and again, it was that, that, it was that comfort of watching, hearing. It was because at that point you were still using your room as a studio, yeah. a, a spare bedroom, as most of us do. Um, and and there, there was a, a certain homeliness to that at that point mm. through lockdown, just coming into your life and seeing that. So I think to say that, you, you know, you're right place, right time is underselling your, your talents because it's clearly a core talent there that's got you to this point. <laughs> it's very kind of you. I, th I think what I've always believed in is luck. I think you have to, you have to be lucky. I think everything that's happened to me in life pretty much, but particularly with business, there's been luck involved at some point. And you can't control luck, you can't fabricate it, you can't, you can't really put yourself in the right place at the right time. All you can do is 
again, it comes to back to the, the process consistency. If you keep doing something, show up. Exactly. If you show up, you'll end up somewhere where luck finds you. And that luck could be something completely that, that you've never expected, totally off the wall. Or it might be something that was like in my case with the Apple thing that was just perfect. Mm. It couldn't have been better timed. What they did couldn't have been better. The fact that I think they screwed up in terms of their messaging for a lot of the stuff and it just wasn't clear. They didn't make the bold like you. Exactly. That's absolute gold dust for, for, for people like us. And I think... Oh yeah, I guess suddenly we had this term like unified memory. What what earth is that? You know, you used to RAM. Yeah. What's this? Yeah. yeah. And you, you've previously been told that you've got to buy, you've got to buy at least sixteen gigabytes of RAM or thirty-two, and then in, so, someone's then saying eight is fine. Why is it so? And if you're wondering about the title of Mark's podcast, and you never worked it out, <laughs> it took, <laughs> yeah, it. It took yeah. me a few months to crack that. And it was suddenly that that <laughs> light bulb moment. Ah, eight or sixteen. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So I, I don't like that as a secret that you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. No, it's fine. <laughs> but yes, and also Mark's podcast. I'll leave links to that in the in the notes to the video. But that, that's another great part of your brand so you said you started this you used your company shell to get it going through so you obviously had a business plan behind it there was a there was an end goal ish not that there's necessarily a stop point but you knew what your sites were set on yeah yeah there wasn't a physical business plan because i'm terrible at doing that but um i had a, a great big notebook full of uh, ideas which i've still got somewhere i need i want to go back and look at it at some point but uh, all, all these ideas of what i wanted to do with the channel and what i'd need what i wouldn't need um but i built a budget around it as well and i had cash in the bank which was very very important again for anyone listening who wants to go into this it's, it's boring and it's, it's the it's the kind of economic side of it but just have a buffer have, have whatever you need behind you just in case because Go, if I would never have done this in a million years if I didn't have that that money in the bank. Um, so yeah, that I approached it as a business. That, mm. that was the key thing. And I think when we use that term about showing up, approaching it as a business and not as a, I was going to say not as a fun psychic. Clearly, we were talking just before we started recording about it needs to be fun. You need to enjoy what you're doing. But equally, you do need to treat this whole thing seriously as a job. And even the most irreverent, Fun people you can imagine on YouTube. I mean, I know Prosser this week has been explaining that every um and ah is scripted. It is yeah. a business through and through. So anybody that you're watching that you think is just out there having giggles, it's not the case. There's a lot of work goes on behind what Mark does to make these videos. Because I mean, you're turning out videos two, three a week at the moment. Three at the minute, yeah. Which yeah. Is a, That's a big ask. It's a lot of work. It's too many, to be honest. Um, two two is, is the, the, the kind of sweet spot for me. But yeah, it's a huge amount of work involved. I mean, you can... It's, it's entirely up to every individual person that goes into this. And some people, I, I think, probably do go into YouTube and particular short form content mm. and that sort of stuff where it is just a bit of a hobby, actually. And they just happen to build quite big audiences and they just enjoy doing it. But like you say, if you, if you want to make this a going thing and you want to eventually move away from your nine to five job, you have to approach it with a business mindset. So then when did we've talked about the moment in the garden with Jim when you suddenly thought YouTube could be the next stage of my professional life. When did you then decide that this was going to be the full-time gig? Because that's another big move that you've made there. Yeah, I think I knew relatively early on, um, well, right at the start. So at the very start of this, when I did that, I said to Jen, I'm doing this. I had this 10 year plan in my head loosely. I thought it would, cause I was 40 at that point, I was approaching 40. I thought it'd be, it'd be great if I could get to my 50th birthday and have this thing that I'm, I'm doing on, on online that's making decent money and I can probably pull away from whatever else I'm doing and then work towards a nice retirement with it. That was my genuine plan. Um, and then within 12 months, it was clear that things were moving much quicker. Than quicker. <laughs> yeah, which surprised no one more than me, really. Um, but I think that the point at which I thought, because obviously I went full time with this in 
February this year, so not yes. that long ago. Yeah, um, it seems longer ago than that. Yeah, where are we now? It's it's, it's September, 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 isn't it? So six, seven Very months. Frightening. Um, but yeah, so I, I think in in terms of when I really got an inkling that I could do this full time was probably probably about eighteen months ago. I think um, when I was still doing everything else, I was still running my other business, still doing this on on the, on the side ish. Yeah. Although probably fifty fifty really. Um, I think yeah, at that point, and that was at about. I don't know, 30,000 subscribers or something um, and everything else that was happening beyond YouTube with Medium and the website and and various other things. I, I just got this feeling and, and I think the thing that really kind of clicked for me was when I um, I looked at the first year of revenue generated by the Marketplace Reviews brand and it matched the first year of revenue by, of my other business. So at that point you realised. Yeah. And it, it wasn't a huge amount, but it was just, oh, hang on a minute, that, I've done that with 50% of, mm. of the time, and I've, I've enjoyed doing that more than I enjoyed running the other mm. business. What could I do if I just put my foot down and went for it, basically? No, I mean, I know we are lucky that we can get up and do something we enjoy. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it's critically important if you're thinking of going down this route that, that, that you know you've got the energy to do it. Because Mark will spend, when I leave today, you're here by yourself, and there's a lot of solitude. And I know YouTube are quite aware of that, about the mental health of the creators. Mm, yes. yep. Unless you're of that mindset that's very happy. And I don't say that in a detrimental manner, but you've got to be happy in your own company, in your own skin, because you're going to yep. spend a lot of time by yourself, recording, editing, shooting, B-roll, whatever. So you've got to be prepared for sort of a long slog mm. of doing some pretty unglamorous bits and pieces that make it all look good at the end product, really. 100%, yeah, yeah, there's no no easy way, really. It's, so then, of course, you took another big step when you decided that things were going reasonably well, to, reasonably well to move here into this studio space. Again, that was another, showing a lot of belief in yourself. You decided things look like they're going well, and right, I'm gonna make an actual commitment here. Yeah. Because all the time it was still at home, even though it was your full-time gig, there was still that buffer, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Yeah. Now you've got overheads. You've got a proper, actual, real, physical commitment to the business now. Yeah. It was a huge... I'm not mean to scare you, but... No, I'm, I'm <laughs> scared. I'll scare myself plenty about it. Don't worry. Um, it's It was a huge decision. And the reason it was so big was because I think at the point where I made that decision to, to, to kind of go full time, the, the revenue split was roughly 50-50-ish. So 50% mm. of the money that was coming into the business was from the, the legacy business and the rest was coming from this. And... Um, I, I knew that to, to go, I had to do a clean slate, cut off the, the old part and move into the new, in, into this. Um, but doing that is it much easier said than done. There were two or three contracts I had, one in particular that was a very well-paying contract. And I quite enjoyed it actually. It was, it was, there was lots of opportunity there and all sorts. Um, but I just, I remember there's a quote, I can't remember who, I can't quote whose quote this is unfortunately, but um, I read this somewhere that um, if you've got your feet on two separate ladders, you can't climb very far at all. You can get so far and you'll just fall off. If you take your foot off one of them, put it on the other ladder, your sky's the limit. And that just made me, it's such a simple thing. Sink or swim. There you go, exactly. Mm. It's exactly the same mm. thing. It's such a simple thing to say, but when someone says it, someone else says it, you think this light bulb comes on. I thought, okay, that that may, I'm, I'm holding myself back. And someone else said to me, don't think of it as switching off your other business. Think of it as getting that time back, buying that time back, so you can put it back into into what you really want to do. Um, but regardless of that, it was a very frightening decision. And I did it gradually. I kind of I kind of got rid, and it's a horrible word, but I did get rid of my other contracts one by one, and left, left the big one until last, and then spoke to them. They were fantastic about it. Um, in fact, they, they said, what are you waiting for? Get crack on, um, which was reassuring. Um, and I just had to bite the bullet and go, mm. and go for it, really. Um, but again, going back to what I said earlier, I made sure there's a buffer there, financial buffer, 
um, I'd, all, I'd already moved into this space as well. so that I'd got Which is a lovely space. And if you watch Mark on his newsletters, it's, it's as unreal and surreal for me uh, sitting here. You know, this is, this is all real stuff. It's not props. It's real, it's yeah. stuff. It's not actually a green I'm not going to hit it too hard. I don't it's, know it's, it's a mess. <laughs> but no, so it, it, it's just, I'm like a kid in the candy store today because I can actually see where Mark works and where he shoots his videos and how it all works. And actually speaking of that, I don't know if it's out of turn or not, but let's just talk about your workflow mm. for a moment. Um, because again, I'd like to just to, we're kind of establishing what brought you to this point. Yep. And every creator has a different way of going about how they're going to put a product across. So you're wearing the, the Ultra. Yep. So when that got announced, did the light bulb go on and think, now was it emotive and think, as Mark Ellis, I want that? Or was it, ah, that's great content. I've got blogs and videos in that. Which, or was it some of each? That's a great question. Um, it changes. This is something else I think that people that want to go into this this kind of tech review thing they probably need to know is that the stuff that you love so i've always like we said at the start I've, I've always loved tech i've loved gadgets when you start working with all this stuff and it becomes part of your job and part of your business what you, you work on you don't you don't lose interest in it obviously but it doesn't become you know i don't go home and play with my macbook it's completely yeah, done by that point 100%. And um, you're spending so much time with these things. So the, the watch, for example, I said, I don't mind saying this now, this is the most interesting product that Apple has released you in the last three or four years. Honestly, it's, it's, um, it's such an... You look so happy with it. I mean, you look like you're, you're a kid that's bought a toy for yourself. You yeah. Know? But then go back to your question, The reason, part of the reason I'm happy is because I know it's an absolute content machine in mm. terms of the stuff you can talk about and write about and film about. It's just gold dust for them. Mm. Um, so it does remove some of the... Um, I suppose that joy of getting these things because w- when I get new stuff now I sit here and unbox it and uh, you've, uh, you've done it yourself unboxing something and filming and talking about it it, it removes a bit of the uh, the joy of getting that the new purity thing. almost yeah. Yeah. if you sat at home on a kitchen table doing it that's that's actually more exciting yeah. you're not thinking about the production value of it um, so that's that's the only thing to bear in mind so yeah going back to your question it, it's it's a mixture of the two really um, but it's more these days, it's it's more weighted in favour of the, the business. It would have benefits. to be, really, wouldn't it? So then, when when the watch, Mister Posty arrived at the door with the watch, mm. how do you go about the video? Are you thumbnail first? Are you video first? Do you script? Do you write a blog about it first? Do you purpose? Is there a is there a, a essentially a Mark Ellis way of going about your work that repeats itself? Yeah, there is. I mean, I've talked about the process quite a bit, and the reason I, I do that is because it's so important. And, and my process is really simple. You, I, I write I write a blog post first most of the time that blog post becomes the loose script if you like or notes for the video and then from there the video gets filmed a roll you know or however i'm doing that a roll b roll stuff um, edited checked over and then i do the thumbnail right at the end and i probably go against the grain with this i know you spend a long time on your thumbnails and they, they look absolutely fantastic one i'm not a designer i'm a dreadful designer um, so i rely completely on canva and simplicity um I, I, I'm a photographer, so I can take a decent photo, thankfully. So I've got that in, in the bag. Mm-hmm. But all I do, I, I probably spend most of my thumbnails, David, probably take me 10 minutes. Um, wow. It's just me stood over there with the back, with the white background. Oh, white background. Yep. And the, the light and done. But, and me holding, the, you know, pulling a stupid face and holding the um, whatever it is I'm talking about. Those ones seem to perform well. Um, I just keep it simple, really. Um, I make mistakes with it and occasionally I, I, I know I've, I've created thumbnails that aren't very good. Have you um, ever AB'd? Have you switched thumbnails out? Or? A couple of times, but not much. Oh, really? no. How many videos have you uploaded now? 
I don't I should know this, shouldn't I? Um, it's, uh, what is it, is it approaching 200? 200 maybe? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. so obviously we're doing three a week now, that's going to begin growing yeah. quicker yeah. and quicker. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> and so we're at the point now with the Mark Ellis Reviews brand, I mean, we've got the podcast as part of it, the Minus 16 podcast with Rob, the co-host, and then obviously what everyone's used to seeing you on YouTube and the Medium blog. Yeah. With the brand itself, do you, where do you see it beginning to grow into? Do you have future plans of, or are you happy with how it's sitting at the moment? I'm happy with how it is at the moment. I've, I've, do, I've got other plans which re revolve around expanding the, not so much this channel, but potentially other channels that I'm, I'm working on at the moment, um, purely from an ideas perspective. But in terms of this channel, the, 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 bait, the, the kind of bread and butter review side of things, um, I have switched up the style recently, so we were talking mm. about that earlier, weren't we? That my last two videos, which was the, the watch review and the AirPods Pro 2 review, is a bit of a depart departure for me in terms of the style. It's kind of more vloggy and a, a little bit more um, dynamic in terms of where I'm standing. I'm not, I'm not just sat here talking to the camera. It's a bit more interesting. Um, so that's quite a big step change for me, really. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with the way things are at the moment. And of course, also you're picking up a lot more sponsored videos now as well. Has that brought another dynamic element to, well, also I've never been in that position, so I don't know, creating a video that's sponsored. Do you feel any more weight of pressure that you've got to please I don't, masters? I don't know, that's, that's probably a, a, a crass way of putting it, but you know what I mean? Sure. No, it's, it's a fair question. I, I don't feel so much pressure from the sponsors because I'm, I'm very direct with this, with, with, with the sponsors, which I think you have to be, which is that you can send me the product and if I like it, I'll, I'll I'll do the review um, and you'll get the mention, but I, you cannot influence my opinion on that. It's going to be my opinion. That's that's it. All, all you can tell me to do is, is just mention certain things. So if yeah, it's certain yeah. sp uh, specifications or whatever, pricing. Key points they want. Key points. Yeah. No problem with that at all. But the, the opinion of it, you have to, that has to be genuine. Um, and that, by and large, that's fine. Most of them get that, that's no problem at all. Occasionally you get some pushback, which is, I'm not interested at that point because it's not a genuine review. Um, so I don't feel too much pressure from them. The only pressure you really get is having to get things out on time, having to, getting the approvals done. So when, when you've done a, 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 um, a video for a sponsor, generally speaking, they, they, they want to see it just before it goes out. To Your make sure. full video or just a sponsor? A rough, cut, a rough cut normally. Um, but they want to see it just, just to make sure you haven't misquoted the price or something. Mm. Which is, no problem with that at all, but that adds another layer, another step in the process. Because suddenly you're not the master of your own destiny. You're no. used to filming, I can upload tonight. You do it now. Yeah. But now you're having to wait for the marketing department to come back and say we're happy. Exactly. Like Friday's video, I've, I've finished this morning, sent it off to uh, the guys to check it out. I've got to now hope they get it back to me by tomorrow. Otherwise, I've got to keep chasing them. It's just another. So in that, in that point, this is, I don't think it's a question, it's of general interest, but it certainly interests me, so I'm going to ask <laughs> it. If, if company A don't come back to you, what happens with video, Friday's video? Have you got one up? It depends on the contract. Shoot. Yeah, it depends on the contract. Um, so I, I like to dictate the contract as much as I can. Uh, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you have to work on their terms. Um, but it, touch wood, so far that hasn't happened. I've always managed to get it back in time. The only time it has happened is with a long-term sponsor where we know each other well enough so I can just get it out. They know that I've sent it to them. The sponsor read is pretty much the same each time, so it's not a big deal. But um, yeah, touch wood, it hasn't happened with other sponsors, thankfully. They, they do tend to get back. It's just, I'm, I'm a classic kind of overthinker and worry with that stuff where I worry that they're not going to get back in time or I'm going to forget to chase mm. them or I'm going to forget it's sponsored and publish it anyway and have something wrong in the video. But that's just me worrying every time. And you've mentioned that you've taken on this new approach of uh, unstyled video, moving around a little bit more. And it, it brings me on to a subject that we've 
briefly spoken about. If you're wondering, I first got to know Mark literally through his website. Yeah. I watched Mark and then I was looking on his website. So I thought, oh, I, I help mentor. <laughs> and I reached out and we spent some time together a year ago. Yeah. And um, if you're thinking of doing the same, I'd encourage you to do it. The information that Mark will give you is second to none. There's no stone left unturned. I remember there was one particular session. I sat there going, what? <laughs> How am I supposed to do that lot, Mark? But you get used to it. But Mark does explain it really calmly and he'll hold your hand through. He doesn't just walk away either. You know, I don't know if you've had some follow-up since then. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's well worth doing. But the state of tech YouTube, hmm. seem, there's a lot of conjecture at the moment that it's either at its peak, it's at its zenith, it's burst, it needs to change. From my perspective, I think too many of the people I've watched long-term are boring me now because they're still doing the talking head. Yeah. And the fact that you've picked up and suddenly, you know, moving around, I think that added dimension is, is critically important. I, I, I've got a feeling that a lot of people have just come too complacent and stayed. The checks are rolling in. Mm. They've been used to getting money for not reinventing the wheel. Mm. And it has, in some instances, uh, there's been creators that I'll just stop watching. Yeah. Because they're not doing it, they're not bringing me anything fresh. I'm the same, to be honest. I, I think it's a, it's a combination of things. You'll notice we're saying no names. Yeah, we're most people. They're all so far. see the cuts. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that. I, I think the, the kind of state of, of tech YouTube, um, I think the whole thing about it being dead, which there was this phase about th mm. three or four months ago where mm. everyone, not everyone, but most people were saying, oh, it's you can't, it's pointless now, it's, it's just done, finished. Uh, utter rubbish. And what happens is that it's a lot of this is driven by Twitter. And you, you'll know this on Twitter. I, I, I fall into the same trap myself sometimes where the way the Twitter algorithm works, if you read three or four tweets from people who are all saying the same thing, they're all saying, yeah, tech YouTube's dead, it's a waste of time. You're going to keep seeing that content. Mm -hmm. so you, you, you just un unknowingly throw yourself into this horribly negative world. Step back from that, it, it's utter rubbish. Like I say, David, it, it's tech YouTube will only die when YouTube, when, when, when tech, tech slows down, which is never going to happen. Mm. Um, it, I suppose it can slow down, but it's not going to disappear. But this technology is here to stay. It will keep getting more interesting. I think what's happened is that we've reached a point, and Apple is a very good example of this, where it's plateaued. So the, the iPhone 14, I mean, you, obviously you've, you've had a big upgrade from your 12 to the 14. Yeah. That's that's where you see the biggest improvements. Of course. But year on year, the improvements aren't very interesting, really. Um, yeah, and it's not Apple's mm. fault. They're working with technology. They're, they're a classic example of where they will only launch something if the tech is ready for consumers. They're doing all sorts of crazy things, I'm sure, in their deep down in their labs and things, but it's not ready for us to start mm. using yet. So. I think we've reached this plateauing point where you can't really buy a bad phone. It's like cars, you can't buy a bad car these days. Um, and because of that, going back to your point about um, some of the some of the, the big tech channels, in fairness to them, they've, they've still got to do something with it. And mm -hmm. they probably have fallen into this kind of realm of just sitting there talking about it. And I think that the one one person who does it still does it very well, very, very consistently is MKBHD. Oh. I think Marcus Brownlee, Something about that guy. I mean, he's doing. He's been doing it. For, he's only twenty eight or something, isn't he? It's sick, sickening. I know. He's, he's been doing this don't. for over ten years. <laughs> I know. Um, but he's every time. I, I, he's the one that I'm still watching regularly because he covers everything and he does it so smartly without going into too much detail. Um, and he's he still makes it interesting. You say not too much, but I like the fact that is detail and and a lot of his videos are delivered completely dry. Um, yes, I know he's got fantastic graphics. He's got a team of 12 working with him now and so on and so forth. But the, the content, I agree with you, he is still at his 
peak. He's 100%. making fantastic content yeah. at the moment. And we were speaking about the video I watched in the early hours this morning of the AirPod Pro 2. Yeah. So good. Oh, just it just it's it's they're almost perfect videos, I think, in that respect. If you, if you want to know about a phone, a new phone, or, or the AirPods Pro two, you watch his video, and he, he speaks to most people, I think, which is the main thing. But yeah, there there is def there's definitely a trend, and again, not mentioning names, but no. I, I've seen. Uh, I don't. I'm not blaming these creators because I'm nowhere near that, <laughs> that level. I may never get there, but they they're at a point, I, and I can see it at, at my level where when money starts to come in, it does change things. And that the the opportunities those guys are getting are huge. They're going. They're being flown out to places. They're being given things there. And as much as it's easy to sit here and say, "Oh, they're just being paid for that," you know, why is he or she always over ecstatic about everything that company ABC does? Well, there's a reason behind that actually, and it's not quite as easy as just not being that because that person has got themselves into that way of making videos. And in fairness to them, they still bring in the audience. Yeah, it's working. So <laughs> yeah, I, I sympathise with them in that respect. Mm, I've heard some almost saying that to sort of Damocles. They, they, they were kind of saying, I'd almost like to be one of those young creators that hasn't got that responsibility mm. again. I've got sponsors I have to get videos out for. Yeah. Whether I want to or not, whether there's something to talk about almost or not, I've just got exactly. to turn a video out on Wednesday this week at 10 p.m. because that's what the contract says. Exactly. And that's got to be a, a horrible, because that does take away the creativity. Oh, hugely, yeah. It does. Around it. Yeah. And that's something that I think is underplayed. You've heard this term content creator, but it is a very creative process making something that can actually look very boring, interesting. It is. And a lot of time yeah. we talk about, you know, boxes. Yeah. <laughs> what can you talk about these things? Nice, yeah. But yeah. yeah, you know, what yeah. can you talk about these? I had that open as if I was going to I had notes. I had loads of notes, but I know Mark well enough to think that I can sort of just talk to you. <laughs> and, and, and so it's been so I can actually probably shut that down. But you know, a lot of the time we do talk about yeah. things that are very boring. So there is a great creative element to that. And I've noticed also with your B-roll, you're spending I guess it's again trying to make things come to life and actually bring them into people's. People want to learn, don't they? People want to like the ultras and yeah. classic example. People yeah. want to know about that. So the more you can show them every angle, every nuance, it's always going to help and make it a more interesting video for them. I think so. We, you know, we're, we're visual creatures, aren't we? We want to see nice things, and the stuff that I cover looks nice if you light it nicely. And um, yeah, the, the B-roll makes a massive difference. But you still got to tell a good story. That's it. Storytelling. That's, That's something, one of our sessions we had earlier on, you said about storytelling. You pointed out a couple of creators to me and you said, look, if you're looking to learn how to tell a story, Casey being one of them, you were saying you need to sort of look at these people. And there is a, a, a if you watch some of the really good videos, there is a very clearly a start, middle and end. Yeah. They take you from why you should watch it to what it's about to this is why we think it's for you. Yeah. Kind of journey. And that, I don't think it's been oversimple. That's almost the YouTube kind of, is if you can do that well, it's, you'll probably have a decent video. Totally. It's, it's Hollywood. It's, it's the classic story. Uh, now, story arc. Now, that's something you mentioned. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up. Yes. What you don't realise is what Mark does for a living, it, it's, it's everything. Copywriting, script writing, proofing, photography, videography, colour grading, editing, audio, sound. We do. That is what you do. And, you know, there used to be a, a whole team in the glory days of studio but there used to be a team behind you. And that's what you do every day of the week. That is what you have to do. Wear all those hats in rotation and say, right, I've shot my A-roll, now I've got to colour grade it, cut it up, edit it, put it together. It's not as easy as it looks. Nothing is. 
No, it isn't. No, and you, you, yeah, you're you're running a production company by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think a lot of the, the tools that we use these days make that a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, you, you have to do everything. I mean, you can obviously farm stuff out. You can bring employees in. I haven't done that yet. Literally, so everything you do at the moment, you are doing. Hundred percent. Occasionally, I get um, some some of the reels. So some of the short form content is done by an external editor. Occasionally, um, but everything else you see or hear is me basically, um, and. Again, it, it comes back to the processes I've built into it and my experience, I suppose. But it's, yeah, you can't really take your foot off the gas with that. It, it, once you've started making something, you're in it. You've got to get, get it done. You can't just leave the room and say, you know, here, Jeff, carry on with that while I'm off to get a coffee. You have to. Which, again, something. you know, linking back to what we spoke earlier of your potential health scare that you had a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, that is the one obvious weakness in any business like this. It's not scalable. Market reviews is market reviewing. Yeah, well, it's scalable in terms of the, the business itself, but it's how not much you can do. But exactly. it needs somebody in that seat, and it, that somebody has to be. Yeah, and it's completely reliant on me in mm. respect. Mm. Um, but that's, is that onerous? Does that weigh on your shoulders at all? I don't think about it too much, really. Mm. I, I suppose if we did. That's when it would become. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's the elephant in the room for most YouTube businesses that they tend to rely on one personality. We talked about MKBHD. He's exactly the same. And I think he was quizzed on this on a, on a podcast uh, interview that I listened to with him recently. And um, his answer was, yeah, we do think we do worry about that. But I've, I've got a, you know, I'm building a team. And that, that what he's doing very smartly is, is building other channels and getting the team involved. That you, that you start to see them more in, in videos. But it still doesn't remove the fact that he is that brand. If he you know, wasn't there tomorrow, Mm. God forbid, then it, it, it would be There's a very, limit of how long we'd want to watch somebody that we're familiar with, maybe, yeah. but it's not our case. Who do you put in his place? It's, yeah. it's that thing. So, yeah. that, but that's, I think, you have, again, you have to go into this kind of business knowing that's the case. It's a risky take. Risk. So, I know you've got videos you're making, so I won't keep you all that much longer, but the scalability, um, let's talk about that of the channel. You said that, you know, you're happy where it sits as of now. I'm not asking you to, to give any great throwaways as to where, what plans you have, but. How much growth can you see in the Marquez Reviews brand, in the tech brand? Is there still areas that you think it can go? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, in terms of what those areas are, that's that's very difficult to to um, to plan for and certainly to forecast. I think really, but my my main focus at the moment is to is to keep making the videos as as good as I can make them. Basically, keep improving the quality, keep nailing down the process. Um, and just keep repeating, basically, and keep basically keep building that audience. So mm -hmm. I think at the moment we're approaching uh, seventy-eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, the hundred k mark is a completely arbitrary figure, but it's a figure that it's means some, yeah, it's a goal, and it means something to YouTube because you get a plaque and all the rest of it. And from what I understand, love it. we go somewhere there. Take out the old iPhone. Um, but uh, so it means something, and, and I've, I've attached that to my business plan in, in a way, um, and my. My view with that is that beyond 100,000, you do, and from, uh, I've spoken to people who have gone past that point, and you do start to get more interesting opportunities with mm -hmm. sponsors and with mm -hmm. events and things like that. Um, so it's, it's kind of focusing on that, and it's building the whole network around the channel. Because as you know, it's not just the channel, it's it's the, it's the website, um, it's my Skillshare classes. I'm doing something next year with um, with a medium academy that I'm building. So I'm building a, an educational element into this to help people become better writers mm -hmm. and make money online um, on medium, as you've experienced. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another another arm of it. And um, and and also getting help, like like we've been saying, you know, get, uh, expanding a little bit to have a bit of a team. Um, 
I do have some people. I do have people who do people. That sounds terrible. I have Mark has much, people. much better people than I me speak who, who, understand, <laughs> who understand numbers. So I have okay, my accountant, I have a bookkeeper, mm. um, and I have a PR contact, a PR expert who's working with me. She's fan, She's been amazing, really. Um, they're people that do stuff that I can't do and I, I'm not clever enough to do. So um, that's great. Um, but at some stage, I'm going to have to offload some of the production stuff. So things like editing it at some stage, although it pains me to have to do that. Um, that must be a hard one because that's the personal touch, isn't it? How you think yeah. of where it should be cut, where it should be. Yeah, you know, I love it. It's I, the fun. It is. Yeah, it's, it's actually my most enjoyable part of the process. I, I love editing. I, I love filming stuff as well. But when I'm sat over there editing, that's that's where it all happens and it all comes together. And it's a very um, therapeutic, enjoyable process. So. But yeah, that's that's the idea. Expanding it in some way, but I'm not. I haven't got these massive ambitions for it. I'm very much focused on here and now, which I think is the, the right thing to do at the moment. And as of this year, your family man, your dad, you've yeah. got uh, four or five months old son? He's four months old now, yeah. yeah. Harrison. Harrison. Basically. All well and dandy? He's fantastic. He's amazing. I know he spoke earlier on his, uh, a few months ago. He said he was a good sleeper. That's... Uh, he's not been as good recently. If Jen was here, she'd probably <laughs> slap me. But um, bless her. She, she's, well, she's been amazing. She's taken the mantle with that while I've been doing this, obviously. But um, he, no, apart from keeping Jen awake quite a lot, <laughs> uh, normal baby stuff, obviously, he's been incredible. And yeah. But does that change your, well, there's two, two questions kind of go hand in glove, really. Does it change perspective on the business, as in, you know, there's responsibilities at home now with, with a youngster? And equally, switching off. Is, is that ever a problem or is it less of a problem now? When you walk out these doors, we spoke of the benefit of having this studio space and that you can shut the door, like that's the view side of my life done. Yeah. But do you have problems switching off? Or if you've had a bad day here and an edit's not worked or, you know. Um, I've never really had a problem switching off work, but <clears throat> I think that the reality with this, and uh, if, if anyone's watching this who is running their own business will know that even though you, you know that you should, you should switch off and you tell people that you do, you never, you can't completely switch off. So even if you put your, your phone away and close your laptop, you'll be thinking about something. And that's not unhealthy. You've just got to have that balance between not thinking about it too much and focusing on what's happening in front of you, which might be your kid. Mm. Um, and I've got that now. So Harrison's brought this element where this this business always had a purpose, which was to grow and become sustainable and give us give me a good lifestyle with Jen and give us a decent retirement. That still remains. But when he came into the world, and you, you're a dad as well, you know what this is like, and you have suddenly had these two little eyes staring at you, this little thing that can't do anything for itself, it's completely dependent on you. Um, and immediately you feel like, I don't know if you found this, but you immediately just think, I've known this little kid my whole life. It doesn't feel new in a way, mm -hmm. does it? It feels like they're the, your best mate. And they've always been your best mate. Um, but suddenly you're responsible for him. And so he's added this layer of, I suppose, it's not it's not stress and it's not um it's not not overbearing, it's just this purpose beneath everything, which is him. You know? mm -hmm. I want him to have the best possible life. And suddenly that changes this business in that respect, in the in the best possible way. Um yeah, not that it ever was a plaything, but you realise no. now that this is something that actually has got to help him have a better life, yeah. more so than you. Yeah, this isn't just for me, you know, being able to head off to America for six months when we retired to you know, drive Route 66. It's, it's actually going to be for him mainly, to, so he's got he's got a good life ahead. So it's changed things hugely with that. Just um, very quickly on the switching off mm -hmm. thing. So um, again, I, I'm working all day. Jen's at home um, looking after Harrison. I get to see him for in the morning briefly, and I get to see him in, in, in the evening, and I get to see him at weekends, unless I'm working on a Saturday, which you still have to do occasionally. Um, but that... That time period now has become so crucial. Um, I, I was late getting home last night because uh, it was a 
fire alarm problem here. Nothing was on fire, by the way. It was just an annoying fire alarm issue. And um, I w- I've never felt so frustrated about getting home. Because you wanted to see house before you went to Exactly. Yeah. It was uh, half an hour before it's bedtime. But I was going to miss bath time. All that stuff that you yeah. want to be there for and you genuinely love doing. It's the best part of your day. Um, so I've not had that really before. Um, so that that has... And that's that's a very healthy thing, I think, mentally. I think it's it focuses you on what's what matters. Yeah. If you need to leave something half done, who cares? It's still here in the morning. Go home and spend time with your family. It will get done. Exactly. Because you actually managed to take a couple of holidays this year as well, didn't you? That must have yeah. taken a little bit of arranging, I just thought, because your content yeah. didn't stop. So no, that was must a, have been some cramming. Oh, so it was it was pretty. Uh, not scary, but a pretty horrendous time in terms of work. Um, it may have contributed a little bit to the health thing, to be honest. It's another, another lesson for me, really. But yeah, we had two holidays that have been cancelled because of COVID and no one's fault at all. But we had them booked up within two weeks of each other. And um, it was, yeah, a real struggle to get everything done. I did it, but it, it, it nearly broke me in terms of knackered. <laughs> when I saw there was no breaks in videos, I think that was a lot of hours of straight filming clearly had been done. Yeah. Just to make sure you had content there and, you know, not wanting to take laptops away and edit while you're away meant that all was done, scheduled, ready to go out. I do wonder, I've been thinking about this recently, I do wonder if I hadn't done that, if I just thought, okay, let's just take the week off, let's not put a video out, let's not do any blogs, what would have happened? That would yeah, be quite an interesting experiment. I think that's a pressure we, you, put upon yourself. I'm sure you're at the level now where a week's break probably wouldn't have made a difference, but equally, it's that adage if it ain't broke. Yeah, and you've just, been successful doing what you're doing, so why would I not want to do it? Yeah, and the consistency thing—you're you, told to keep turning up. You know, Peter Lindgren's got consistently <laughs> tapping on his arm. Um, <laughs> it's so important, and I, I think because of that, you don't want to break. You don't want to break it. You don't want to break the cycle. I've been doing this now for you know, over two years, and I've not missed a beat. The idea of missing something—I've come. Cl- I came very close to missing a video, not down to my fault, but down to YouTube's fault because they—they oh, the schedule day. Oh, it, God. Nothing would upload. They wouldn't process it. It was just utter night. They had millions of people saying, why can't we upload our videos? That was the only time I've missed a publishing day, and it was, it was out of my control. And even that was horrible. It was like, it should be live, you know. Because in those young housing days, it was always Tuesdays and Fridays at three o'clock. Yes. That was the Mark yeah. Ellis time, was it? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It still is to a degree. Actually. I, still, I still roughly stick to that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's again, that's a mental thing where you have to think about what really matters actually and you're probably right i think if i took a week off it wouldn't this isn't going to fall apart at all but no I mean, you've got enough content out there now that people have got plenty to watch catch up on and, and see um and i say i'm conscious of your time but tech timber has kind of or techtober has kind of slowed up potentially for you now with the possible announcement this week that apple aren't i love it with all these revealers that we have and all these leaks they're just guessing like the rest of us. Oh, but, you know, from what we're told, and I think Bloomberg, uh, German's probably as good as any, he's pretty certain that there's not going to be an October event now. So does that affect your schedule into October and November? I know you've got the sponsors' responsibilities, but are those sponsors, I don't suppose they could be geared around releases because nobody knows what's coming. But would you, for instance, be offered a better contract from a sponsor if they think that there's an iPhone 14 due out and we can put our read on that? Video. Yeah, it definitely plays a role. It does. There's, there's it a, does. a couple of videos, uh, sponsored videos that I've got planned that are based on Mac content in October, but we don't, neither me or the, or presumably. So, how do you now feel that then? Um, we, it's just it's about communication and, and being very open about the fact that neither. So, you, you want me to sponsor this video with your product, fine, but neither of us know when Apple's going to announce it. And quite often, because they announce it very last minute, mm. I have to do everything last minute, which goes back to the whole approval process. As long as the, the sponsor knows that they're not gonna get that video with loads of time to spare, 
Yeah. If we're on the same wavelength, it works fine. Um, so yeah, for, there's, but there's only a couple of those videos that, that, that are like that. The other sponsored videos for next month are all kind of regular, you know, completely unrelated to Apple sponsors. So it's, um, it's and again, easy. creators all have different ways of working. But you, I know from reading more, actually watching you, you do plan ahead quite well don't you you, you yeah. do have a, a very good schedule set ahead of you what you either write about or make videos about yeah i think i've, I've planned too far ahead recently though <laughs> i've made a mistake with that where i've I planned two months ahead is there flexibility in that uh, a little bit <clears throat> um it depends again it comes down to sponsored videos there's not a huge amount of flexibility with those but the other stuff where i've planned it in myself and it's not sponsored i can it's up to me i can move it wherever wherever i need to um, but you do get to a point where it's a bit like trying to rearrange dominoes and things it gets very complicated and I've learned, again, it's all a learning process, but I've learned over the last two months that I planned too far ahead. I should have kept gaps, basically, um, which is what I'll do now. You know, We know that every year you've got March, you've got June, you've got September. Mm. Those periods go crazy in terms of news and trends for, for certain brands. And if, if I know that, I need to leave space in the diary to, to account for it, basically. Yeah, because you need to leave some buffer room, <coughs> exactly. a wiggle room to know so you're not worried that suddenly there's not an event coming up that you've still got content that you're happy with yeah the event thing doesn't really bother me too much i, I enjoy watching apple's events but they um I mean, th those videos don't always perform incredibly the ones that do perform well are the actual co coverage of the products that are released mm. <clears throat> um i'm not part of the embargo crowd so i have to i have to wait for this stuff to be delivered um which adds another complexity to it but um but yeah, it's those videos that are the big ones. So if, if for instance, they release a new Mac Pro or whatever, or a, a new MacBook in um, in October via a press release, it doesn't make a huge difference for me in terms of how they've released it. I've then got to work out how to cover that product, basically. Um, and that's that's where the opportunity lies for, for views. And, and then uh, there's just a couple of other things I wanted to mention, really. The benefit of actually, I want to just you to tell people about, you know, encourage people to the, the benefit of starting a channel and, and, and the reasons behind the, the, the good reasons behind doing that. But equally, something I've learned today is I, I wasn't necessarily comfortable coming up to meet you. That sounds odd. I don't mean that sound in an antisocial way. We get very used to sitting, as we've talked about, alone. And suddenly I thought, oh, I'm not doing this. I, I'm the one that's used to pressing the buttons. I hate calling these interviews because they're not interviews. But, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm the one that's generally running whatever and suddenly yeah. i'm sitting here today in your space in your world yeah. and it's about the benefit of that the, the energy you get out of being with somebody oh, i'll drive back here today just feeling so much better good for having been Did something right <laughs> with you oddly but you know yeah, it's true it's really some really good you point, know yeah. there is an energy through creators meeting and i think we all get very lazy because we are so comfortable with video and know everything can be done via video it's like oh, why bother Mark's 90 minutes away from me. It really is a blink of an eye. The coffee was still warm when I got here. I mean, it's, it's that near. Um, so, but there is a benefit to that. So, you know, I would say that if you're stuck in the studio and there's somebody that, and also reaching out to people, that's something you and I have spoken about. The yeah. worst that can happen, well, I, I was saying to Mark, there's this rule of third, I've reached out to everybody and there's a rule of third. So I'll say no immediately, maybe, or yeah, I'd love to. But that's the worst that can happen. Somebody can say no. And if it's somebody like yourself that I knew, I knew that once your schedule worked around it, you'd be happy to sit and chat. But do try and meet the benefit. Now, when we talk next on the phone or over Zoom or whatever, mm. we've been in the same room. It just, oh, it, it works, sense. isn't it? Yeah, it, it can be quite a solitary thing doing this. It's um, it's not lonely, but it's very solitary. And talking to the camera is, it, it removes, although you do feel a connection with your audience and mm. the audience grows, 
it's never really tangible because you are just looking at a piece of glass. It's mm. not, you know, you're not looking at someone. So um, I think to do this sort of stuff is really important. It's, it's been, I love the fact you've come here. It's, it's great. And um, yeah. I know where you are now. That's you know where I live. I've got your address. Yeah, I know. We well, don't know where I live, but you do know where the studio is. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> if I'm parked outside, you know the car. I'd yeah, just, just walk away quickly. If the eye man goes missing, I don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I think, like you say, I think that, that's the other lovely thing about this industry is that there's no competition. It, it's literally um, collaborative and it's working. With I people. have noticed that, that, that there's a real encouragement. Talk about this community thing, and amongst creators, people don't tend to look down on you. I've noticed. You know, if you're no. trying, and some of the people I've reached out to, I think they probably looked at my website and thought, okay, the boy's trying. Yeah. He's doing stuff regularly. He's not making a fool of me. Somebody that I interviewed only a few days ago wanted a few days to look at my content. He said, I've been burnt before. Nice. I just want to check that yeah. you're not going to make me look a chump yeah. and that you can hold a conversation. And I think, but you know, that's that's reasonable. But yeah. I, I think there's, there's a great support. Most guys you reach out to, if you, if you were to say to somebody, I could just... Have a, a quick word. I don't understand how this works. Yeah. Most guys are really, and you know, the community's not purely men, are actually really helpful. And there's a solidarity, isn't there? Oh, massively, yeah, yeah. And like you said, the whole thing, but there's no, there's no, there, there is a hierarchy, obviously, because that's, there is. Um, but the, the, it's not, it's not present when you, when you speak to these people. And, um, you know, I, I met um, Asbit, who um, I'd not watched much of his stuff. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. But um, he's, I'd not watched much of his stuff beforehand, but I met him at a, a, an event in Paris, um, an Oppo uh, phone mm -hmm. launch. Um, and he's got, he's UK based, he's got nearly 800,000 subscribers, I think. Does all this sort of content, you know, tech stuff. Uh, lovely normal bloke and no airs or graces at all. It, uh, just completely down to earth and um happy just to talk about what he does and give advice and stuff and ask how what, what i'm doing and what have you which is lovely and um it's, it's like that across the board you know i've made friends with other youtubers as well you know we've got little groups where we talk mm. about stuff behind the scenes and moan about trolls and it's it's like a support group really um, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah it's, it's very collaborative very um inclusive as well i think that's the important thing and i think the reason people are like that in this industry is because they know how hard it is. And we mm. keep saying how hard it is. And I, I always have to say that I'm never moaning about it because it's my decision to run this business. I like how hard it is. You know, if, if I have a, a headache at the end of the day, it's because I've I've been I've enjoyed doing what I'm doing. It's been intense. Whereas in my previous job, that headache at the end of the day was a stress headache. It was horrible. Um, it's a completely different thing. But it is very hard work. And I think mm -hmm. because people know that, they're happy to support each other because they, they know what it's like. Turns out ideas are actually quite hard to come by. Very much so. You know, when you're yeah. doing three videos a week, that's three ideas that you've got to flesh out, mm. script, write, have in mind, and the whole production process behind it. it. It's really no easy task. And, you know, you're always worried that that well's going to dry up at some point. But what am I going to write about next? Yeah. It's there, isn't it? It's always there. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, it comes eventually. So I'm going to let go on your day now. Just If somebody's thinking of starting a channel, if I was to say to you, the three biggest words of encouragement that you could say, if I, you know, you have somebody sitting up the other side of your desk now saying, Mark, should I? Do you think now in 2022, it's still a good viable option? 100%, yeah, it's not three words, but uh, 100%, yeah. I, I think all, the only thing I'd say with this, there's a big caveat with this. So there's never, in fact, there's never been a better time to start this kind of thing for the last three or four years. It's, the, the opportunities, you can do it, like we said earlier, for free if you've got a phone. You don't have to pay to start a YouTube channel. You can just get cracking. Same thing with Medium, you can just start writing. The only caveat with this is that I still think you need life and business experience to make it a proper going thing. If I'd started this business ten, five years ago even, it wouldn't have grown quite as quickly as it has. I'm pretty confident with that. And the reason I can say that is because 
I spent those five years or 10 years or 20 years really working jobs I didn't like doing, working for people I wasn't keen on, experiencing wins, you know, making loads of mistakes, building new um, experiences in, building in new, um, you know, uh, techniques and skills and stuff. I did all that stuff, which unwittingly led to me doing this and, and having having good fun with it and, and making it work. Um, I think there's a, again, I, th- I think the younger generation are incredible. I think they're very inspiring. But I do get the impression that a lot of them, some guys that I've spoken to, they get the impression they can kind of leave college, leave university and go straight to be a creator. Because that's what they see. Mm-hmm. They see people on YouTube, they see people on TikTok, Instagram, etc. It's very, there's very few people who can do that successfully because they haven't got life experience. And you it know, comes through, it comes through. You have to have it. I think if you're too wet behind the ears, you're gonna, immediately you're gonna fall down somewhere, whether it be just through the, the boring stuff like the admin and, the, and the, keeping a, a profitable business running or dealing with online hate and trolls, which is a big part of this. Um, you need a thick skin and you, I think you need to have, you know, I, I've spent many a time traveling around the country trying to sell a piece of software and being hit with all sorts of things while I'm doing it in front of people. And that has built my skin that I've got really, yeah. So I think that's the only thing to bear in mind. But that isn't to say don't do it. Just crack it, get cracking, start writing, start filming stuff. Just start documenting your life, really. And and Mark can be found pretty much anywhere. Your website's a good place to start because that's got obviously links to every other place. Mark writes five days a week on Medium. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the first thing you do each day. Normally, I get a ping that that story's gone up, that blog yeah. for the day has gone up. Yeah, first thing yeah, in the morning. You're an early boy for that. I, know. <laughs> I am, yeah. Don't know so, Mark is everywhere Twitter, of course, his website on Medium, Insta now as well. Yep, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah the, the website's the best place to go, really, because that's got the, that kind of spiders off into all the different places. So, yeah, marklessreviews.com is the, the destination for that. That's the place stuff. to find yeah. it. And, you know, it, it's been a story so far. So, I'm really interested to see where it goes to from here because the growth has been rapid and it's lovely. There's, there's not many of us in the UK. No, We're not Canadian, which We're is refreshing. Canadian. Yeah, no, I love Canadian. I don't say a boot, and neither do you. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no. we are we're a rare breed, actually. But yeah, so I think yeah. you need to form a UK creators club. Perhaps we should. Yeah, maybe that will come with <laughs> this. Who knows? Yeah. Mark, I really appreciate your time. You know, I do. I know you've got loads to be getting on with, but it's lovely to have come into your world, into your studio, and to be part of what you are and what your brand is. So, Mark, thank you so much for your time. No, thanks, David. It's a pleasure, all mine. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Mark, thank you so much for being so wonderfully generous with your time. I know we did run over just a little bit longer than I anticipated, but there's just so much to talk about. So you've had a great story and I wanted to get as much of it out on that interview as possible. If you're looking to find Mark, don't forget going over to his website is a great place to start, markellisreviews.com. You also find him on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'll leave some links to those sites in the show notes to this podcast. If you're looking to catch up with me between shows, then you can find me at my website, which is Talking Tech audio.com and i'm also on twitter so i'll be back with you in a couple of weeks time until then take care and i'll see you very soon 